0: To all my artists, crafters, and makers, you were never meant to create this way. Caged by shame that whispers, you're not good enough, you're not doing enough, you will never be successful. No, you were born to create with wild and abundant joy, with reckless abandon, unfettered feeling, and the easy peace of unshakable assurance. Here at Wild Making, we are reclaiming this birthright together, untaming the shit out of our art and rewilding our relationships with our creative work. I'm your host, author and creative wellness coach, Kristin Keeper. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 3. I hope that you have already checked out episodes one and two because they are going to be directly feeding into what we're talking about today and they are very foundational. So if for some reason you've decided to start with this episode, do go back and listen to those first two first. With all of that said, let's dig in. So if shame is marginalization, alienation, oppression then the opposite of shame is unconditional love and acceptance and compassion. If you're someone who feels weighed down by shame inside of your creative practice or beyond, or even if you can just simply recognize some small ways that shame is impacting your life, then to some degree, in some way, you did not receive the unconditional love and acceptance and compassion that you deserve. Your basic human need to be loved and to be accepted weren't always met. Those needs weren't always met, at least in some small way. And so while there are steps that you can take in your life to get these needs met in healthy ways from other people, what I want to talk about today specifically is how you can start showing yourself This type of love and acceptance and compassion is a powerful way to start unshaming your art and, of course, rewilding your relationship with yourself and your creative work. I call this the skill of speaking kindly to yourself. What is this skill, you ask? Great question. Because we have been (laughs) inundated by shame stories from society and from our lived experiences, we're often most of us, many of us are not really all that great at, you know, speaking kindly to ourselves. We have thoughts in our head that kind of come up in unbidden that mimic the shame stories that we have internalized. And we start to just feel bad about ourselves, and we think that there's something wrong with us, and that we're a problem that needs to be fixed, and why are we so, you know, why is our inner critic so cruel, and, we, you know, the shame stories often trigger the experience, the emotional experience of shame, and we don't often have this skill of interceding in the in the midst of that, you know, cutting that shame story off at the knees as is playing out in our brain, and speaking to ourselves kindly and with love and compassion instead. So that is what we're talking about here today. So instead of speaking kindly to ourselves, instead of having that skill, what most of us have, (laughs) all right, that was my dog, if you could hear that flapping her ears. (laughs) What most of us have is an intense inner critic that is constantly pointing out all of the ways that we are not good enough and that we are doing things wrong. A really important note here is that your inner critic is a product of your nervous system. Because remember, your nervous system isn't just the nerves in your body in terms of, like, from the neck down. Your nervous system also includes your brain. And so the inner critic that lives in your mind is part of your nervous system. It is one way that your nervous system tries to keep you safe. So even as cruel as your inner critic can be, your inner critic is really just the voice of your sense of safety. Often. Often at the very least, if not all the time, right? So this doesn't mean that your inner critic can't be horribly nasty and kind of abusive, but understanding that your inner critic is really only mimicking the shame stories that someone told you right? That, you know, the shame stories that you internalized, that can help you show yourself compassion because you can recognize that the words of your inner critic aren't necessarily your words or truths about you. They are simply somebody else's words. They are somebody else's shame story. Whether that's society's shame story or whether it is the shame story that got, you know, kind of beaten into you as a child by somebody in your life or even as an adult. Like I said, having that understanding can help you show yourself compassion, can help you show yourself love in the midst of those nasty inner critic narratives that often play out inside of our minds. So all humans need love and acceptance, right? This is something I haven't established yet that I probably should have. We as human beings are a tribal species. We are a herd species. We thrive and survive best in packs. This is a, you know, a very Game of Thrones moment here. The lone wolf dies, but the pack survives, right? That's us. That's how humans survive. And as an extension of that, love and acceptance and belonging are basic human needs. If we don't have love and acceptance and belonging... Then we begin to fear for our security inside of the tribe, inside of the herd, and we begin to fear getting kicked out and being that lone wolf that has to survive by itself. It is very natural and very normal that we crave, that we need a sense of belonging and a sense of love. Because belonging is safety. It is also very natural that we fear criticism and judgment and rejection and getting kicked out of the tribe. So, if you grew up hearing shame stories left, right, and center, then in some way your needs were not being met, those needs for love and safety and belonging. Uh, Your safety was essentially being consistently, constantly threatened. So, of course, of course, if your safety is being threatened all the time as a child and your needs aren't getting met as a child, then your brain is, of course, going to adopt an intensely cruel inner critic that mimics these shame stories as a way to remind you that you need to keep yourself safe. You can't try to operate outside of the shame stories because if you do, then you might be facing a threat. You might be facing the threat of criticism and judgment and rejection. Your primal brain has decided to buy into these shame stories because you maybe weren't presented with an alternative that could be true for you. So it believes that these shame stories are true and it reminds you of them often in an effort to keep you safe. Part of the work of unshaming is recognizing that shame stories are never true. Shame is never constructive. Straight shame. Str- shame is never constructive. It is never, never true. It's never healing. It's never the way that you were meant to experience this world. And part of the work of unshaming is not only recognizing that these shame stories are never true, but teaching your body, knowing that you can teach your body, to believe something different. So let's talk about that phrase for a second teaching your body. In the last episode, we talked about the nervous system, and we talked about how your central nervous system adopts its sense of safety, how it is safe for you to show up in the world in part because of your basic human biology, but also largely from your societal conditioning and your learned experiences. So a big traumatic moment can deeply and very quickly shift your nervous system's sense of safety. But most of the neural pathways in your brain that define how it is safe for you to show up in this world, that define your beliefs, were built up slowly over time rather than as a result of this, you know, one singular big traumatic moment. Most of those neural pathways were built up slowly over time as you were repeatedly exposed to the same often kind of subtle shame story and and all of the evidence that, you know, quote-unquote, all of the quote-unquote evidence that supports that shame story as being true. So a really, really easy example here, not in terms of creativity, is the shame story that uh, carrying any extra fat is bad, right? That the right way to be in this world is skinny. This is probably not a story, a shame story, that most of us internalized, especially women, like just from one big traumatic moment. It was Going to the store with our parent as a child and seeing the really skinny model on the cover of a magazine. It was the commercial for um, some sort of like fat uh, shedding product for diets, right? For Atkins or Beachbody or whatever, right? We were fed all of this quote-unquote evidence that skinny is the best way and the right way to be over time enough evidence built up over time with no real alternative story instilled in us means that of course we're going to internalize that shame story as being true and the neural pathways are going to get stronger and stronger with the more evidence we receive that that story is true and that's going to be our sense of safety it's not safe for us to have an extra five pounds after eating all of those delightful christmas goodies We need to shed that as soon as possible that's our new year's resolution now right so let's take for a creative example let's take the shame story that many of us have had conditioned into us by society that making a living with your creative work is really difficult and it's not really a very smart way to try to earn a living right that you're going to end up a starving artist that there's no money in art i think that's a story that many of us have adopted over the years And it's one that, you know, we often consume a lot of evidence that it's true. Lots of jokes are made about it. We might have heard it from a parent over and over again. We might have heard it during some sort of, like, uh, career day sort of thing. You get it from all over, right? Even if, nowadays, you know logically that that doesn't have to be true, that, Making a living with your art doesn't have to be impossible or really impractical. Your body, your nervous system, your brain is going to need to be fed a lot of evidence that this new belief that you can successfully make a a living as a, you know, with a creative career is true. It's going to need a lot of evidence fed to it over time because it got a lot of evidence fed to it over time that the opposite, the shame story was true. So if you're going to break down the neural pathways that define those old shame stories and build up new neural pathways that define the new empowering story, you're going to need some time and you're going to need some evidence. This is more often than not, how rewiring your brain, how neuroplasticity works. This is how you can logically know something and not really quite believe it in your in your heart, in your soul, in your body, right? And this is how you can start to believe it in your heart and your soul and your body. One of the ways that you can start feeding your body, your nervous system, this evidence that something you want to believe, the opposite of a shame story, is true is by practicing the skill of speaking kindly to yourself. So let's dive back into that. Shame stories are so ingrained in us that our inner critics often run on autopilot, and we aren't always conscious, really, like actively aware of the thoughts that are rumbling around in our head, of those shame stories rumbling around in our head. We just kind of often start to notice that we're starting to feel a little down in the dumps, and maybe then... We start to consciously experience those thoughts of like, I'm not good enough. I'm never going to make it. Like, I'm never going to succeed. I'm such a failure. Right? The next time that this happens, maybe it's even happening to right now to some degree or it happened earlier today. I want you to try to take note of this happening. To take note of the fact that a shame story is running through your head. Create a little awareness for yourself in the midst of that shame story and take a moment to realize that it exists, right? This can be kind of difficult to do because shame is uncomfortable and shame stories are uncomfortable to experience. They can be really painful and nobody really exactly wants to look their pain and discomfort in the face. We typically just want to try to escape it and that's typically what we do. So it can be difficult to really take a moment to sit with the pain and discomfort of the shame story living in your head. I would encourage you, however, to try to do this. Just a small moment to listen to that shame story playing out. Let's say, for example, you want to write, but you're really struggling to sit down and do it. You find yourself cleaning the kitchen instead, and as you're kind of scrubbing away at pots and pans or whatever... You realize that you're having the thought running in the back of your head that says, like, oh, I'm just, I'm so stupid. Why can't I ever sit down and do this? Like, I'm never, ever going to finish this novel if I can't get my act together. That's a shame story. Take a moment, if you can, to be aware of it. Then, the next step, the next skill to build here is speaking kindly to yourself in the midst of that shame story. You've built that awareness. You, you... Recognize that you're having a moment where a shame story is playing out in your head. You take a beat, you take a pause, you take a breath. And then I would encourage you to say something out loud or just in your head. Say something kind to yourself. Something loving. Something compassionate. Maybe you say to yourself you know, I understand where this shame story is coming from. I know what I experienced as a child was really painful and that I received lots of these shame stories from my parents. I know where this is coming from. I know why you think this is true. But this doesn't have to be true for us anymore. There is something different that is possible for us. And I know that seems, that possibility seems really far out of reach. But I'm going to fight for us here. You know, we're okay. We, you know, you can say something loving to yourself. Like, we're okay everything's all right just because we aren't writing right now doesn't mean that we're a failure it means that we are learning more about ourselves we are learning how to love ourselves better right now like look at us offering some kindness to ourselves right now you can even revel in the fact that you're simply offering yourself a little bit of kindness and try to show yourself compassion try to take into account what we talked about yesterday where lots of the behaviors and lots of the shame stories that play out in our heads are often just our body's way of trying to protect us from danger, right? And that's a really incredible thing. So maybe you can use that knowledge to show yourself a little bit of compassion in the midst of the situation. If you're really struggling, if you, if you start to try to... Nope. If you try to start doing this and you start to struggle with this practice, you could try journaling instead physically, or, you know, you could um, record yourself speaking on, like, an an audio recording on your notes app or something on your phone. You could try talking to a camera if that's something that you want to do, like a video uh, journal kind of situation. And this is a really apt time for me to say that this would be a great time also to seek out the support of a therapist, a psychologist, somebody who, can, who is a professional, who can really support you in the work of actually looking at your shame stories for the first time and helping you see alternatives and helping you speak to yourself more kindly. Do, if you can, I know for a lot of us there's some privilege involved in being able to access this, but if you can, if it is accessible to you, please consider getting that professional support. I am in therapy. I appreciate it greatly. I am very glad to be there right now. It supports me in my own unshaming journey. Now, be mindful as you practice this skill of speaking kindly to yourself of not allowing this to just become another source of shame because here's the thing most likely you are not going to be very good at this at first you are going to find yourself playing out a shame story in your head and not you know recognize that it's been going on for a while now and you haven't interceded with some kind words and that can that can become a moment of shame in and of itself, a shame experience. You can be like, why can't I do this? You know, like, why am I not, like, why can't I just get my act together and speak kindly to myself? It can become very meta, right? If If you kind of allow it. And so I would encourage you to try to be mindful of where that narrative is starting to creep in potentially and give yourself some slack. You are very new to this. You are very much... You know still learning this skill you are a beginner allow yourself to be a beginner and recognize that it's safe to be a beginner you're only going to get better from here on out and if you are really really struggling with this practice something that also helps me is rather than trying to speak kindly to myself as the person i am now i find it to be even more effective to speak to a younger version of me Sometimes this is just me five years ago, and sometimes this is me as a young child. I often find it really, really effective to think of speaking to myself as like a very young me, five, six, seven, eight years old, because there are things that we say to ourselves as adults nowadays that we would never, ever say to the childhood version of ourselves, right? To a younger version of ourselves. So that's something to keep in mind. I actually keep a picture of little me on my desk to help with this practice because creative work is an area where some of my shame stories start to crop up. And so I can look at that picture of me on my desk and use it as an opportunity to remind myself to speak kindly to myself. If you find yourself, if you find your inner critic rather being cruel, you know, really hounding you with the shame story, take a beat, take a breath and ask yourself, what would I say or what would I not be saying right now to a child, to little me? Shame stories often begin in childhood, and that is why speaking to a child version of yourself can be so effective. You know, it's that inner child work that you often hear talked about in kind of self-development and wellness worlds. And, you know, no matter how great your parents might be, all parents are going to fail you in some way because we're all human. And so even if you were thinking to yourself, well, you know, I didn't have a bad childhood. My parents were so great. You know, I, I feel like I shouldn't be feeling any sort of shame right now. Recognize that your parents are still human. They they did, like I said, probably failed you in some way, even if it's a small way, some way that they did not meet your needs perfectly because none of us are perfect. And so that is an opportunity for you to speak to little you and to speak to current you, to offer yourself some love, to offer yourself some acceptance, some compassion that you maybe didn't always get when you were little. Finally, I kind of mentioned this here a second ago with my own experience with creating, but the act of creating something is often an inner critics like a cruel inner critics playground it's often shame's playground because we have experienced and internalized so many shame stories about our art it's all of those things that i keep harping on about about you know not feeling good enough not feeling talented enough creative enough original enough hardworking enough You know, pursuing a creative career is silly and stupid because it's not practical and there's no money in that. There's so many shame stories that we have internalized about art, about crafts, about making. And so if you will join me in practicing this skill of speaking kindly to yourself, I promise you that it's going to start to radically change your relationship with yourself and your creative work and help you untame, unshame your art. Thank you for joining me for this week's Wild Making. If this episode felt like coming home to yourself as an artist or a maker, consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing to help this podcast reach more creatives like yourself. And for more on Untaming Your Art, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Kristen Kiefer. You can also check out my current coaching offers and subscribe to receive weekly wisdom-packed emails in your inbox for free at kristenkiefer.co. Cool? Until next time, shine on, my friend.